Welcome to Interdimensional Coffee Talk. I am Beverly Isla. On this podcast, we talk about the awakening journey, otherworldly beings, guides, and how those two topics are closely interrelated. If you are in any way interested in discovering who you really are, what you are capable of, and who else is cheering us on, I encourage you to listen to the episodes and follow the guests that you resonate with. In this episode, we have Laura Lehman, who will talk about her experience when she was a crop circle researcher before the time she believed in other dimensional beings. Laurel is currently now one of the facilitators at Lightbody Academy. Thank you, Laurel. This is our second time chatting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah, you have some interesting stories about Sasquatch fairies, but that's on another earlier episode, so do check that out. So, crop circle researcher. What's the lowdown on that? How'd you even get into that? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, it, I feel like these things just smack you over the head. You know? <laughs> it's not, um, I've always been interested in the paranormal. Let's just say that. Um, but I sort of had a, an awakening. I hate that word, but I've had a, yeah, I had an awakening. What can I say? I whacked my head and my life changed. So I, I had a concussion and then things started to change. And during that time, uh, all the other things that, um, you know, that are on the other video that I have done with you also started occurring. I mean, that was more recent. But at this particular time, um, I became extremely interested in crop circles. So I was driving to, there's another... Um, lady who's in our Lightbody Academy. Her name's Joe and Logson, and she and I are really good buddies. And we're driving with our kids over, I live in, in British Columbia, over a bridge here. And on either side of the, the bridge was a crop circle. And we saw that and I started to get really, really interested in it. Actually, my son said, mom, there's a crop circle. And I went, yes, there, is it there, big? There. One really big one and one smaller one on the other side. One so it, very big. So when you're, I, I can just imagine when you're driving by it, how, how do you even um, notice there's a crop circle? Because if it was big, I'd be like, oh, look, there's a path. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I didn't recognize it. My son recognized it. And we drove past it. And I went, yes, of course there is deer. You know, we just kept driving. <laughs> and then on the way back, I looked and was like, yes, there are two. And the one is humongous. Uh, uh, we were on the bridge, so we, we were right over top of it, so we couldn't miss it. It's there were like circles and half, uh, I think, a semicircle and pathways, and it was very interesting. So that was the very first one, and so I at that point uh, started looking online, and I found um, people have to know about this. You know, how am I gonna? Who am I gonna tell? Who am I gonna talk to you about it? So I found two things. I found the Canadian Crop Circle Research Network, and I found BLT Research. So BLT stands for Burke, Levengood, and Talbot, uh, the three people who had um, headed up the scientific team in the States to analyze crop, crop circle plants, soils, um, et cetera, for scientific purposes to, um, you know, sort of show different things that that actually were occurring there mm -hmm. and so um anyway I 
I started talking to Nancy Talbot and she and I became really good friends over the years. And uh, anyway, she sort of started telling me, okay, how do you sample that? And, um, you know, what, what, what are the findings, those sorts of things. So I started learning about those kinds of things. Are these on, on um, public property or private? BLT research is, you can, you can Google it, www.bltresearch.com. Um, you'll see all the crop circle sciences there with the, with the written papers and published papers and all those things. Um, and, the, and the circles, do they usually show up on, well, I guess whoever's making them are, isn't exactly wondering, should we do this on public property or private? Is it usually? It uh, runs the gamut. Oh, okay. Gamut, yes, as to the things actually creating the circles. So, um, but anyway, that's sort of how I got into it at, with those circles. But the interesting thing was those two were faked, which we realized after looking into it more and more. They're the only faked ones I've ever been in since then. Fake, like uh, faked? Yeah, people made those. And the reason they made them is, I'm, I'm, I'm surmising this, but I'm, I figure it's a pretty good guess. There's a movie theater across the highway from the overpass that we were on. And uh, the movie Signs was playing. Oh. If you remember the movie Signs a long time ago. So I, because we found the board that they made it with, and it didn't show any of the signs that a real crop circle exhibits as far as plant changes and things like that are concerned so yeah there's a big difference between circles that are produced naturally I'm going to say because some of them aren't naturally produced but or ones that are man-made I think I'm going to say it that way Ooh, what are the differences um well the man-made ones tend to be really messy in a in a, well there's the crop is smashed it's broken most of the time. Uh, it's it's no longer viable. Um, so basically, the stalks are broken. There, you can see footprints everywhere. They're usually oh, there's usually a hole in the middle. If there's a circle that's been made, there's a hole with a where they tie a string or a rope around it, so they can measure how far out they're going and they go around. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So those are telltale signs. There's there's no real plant changes. Um, you find a lot of smashed down crop and you find boards <laughs> that they've used to do it. Um, those sorts of things. But they're usually a real mess. And we actually tried to to make one, you know, crops in Saskatchewan. The farmer gave us permission. He'd been getting a lot of circles there. And so um, we decided we're going to put one and see if we get an answer. And uh, making this with a board. It's really clumsy. It doesn't look anything like a, a real circle looks. A real circle, if it's made by an energy, has flow. It's it's like it's like looking at water. Uh, the way the plants are laid down is very. There can be chaos in there. <laughs> Excuse me, but it's very. Uh, you get a peaceful, smooth feeling from it. Often, I'm going to say always. But um, it's very, very different. Very different and going into one that's been smashed down by someone's feet. And is there, for the, for the real ones, when you check it out afterwards, is there any type of residue that's left over? I don't even know if that's the word. I don't even know if that's the word. 
So I think you're looking for evidence, right? Is what, what what's the kind of evidence um, that you can find, sort of thing? Mm -hmm. um, well, it depends. A again, there's different things that make the circles, and for the longest time, we didn't think it was UFOs. We didn't want to go there, but experience has shown that that is definitely true. They are made by uh, craft, um, but not all of them are made by craft. Some of them are made by and by craft, I don't mean like a landing spot, although that can happen, like the, it lands and makes this a circular imprint. Right. But, but it's more like there's an energy that comes from the craft down to the crop. It's either a ball, a light ball or a beam and makes uh, the crop go down that way. Um, it can be made by sound. It can be made by, um, you know, wind can make them. You won't always find the same changes in the plants. But um, yeah, there's different things that can make them. Oh, oh yes, and residue has been found. In Holland, uh, there's been some white residue and it turned out after it was tested to be very, very high grade magnesium, um, mm. white powder. And these were all found by Robert Vandenbroek. He's a psychic in Holland. There's a whole thing on him in the BLT uh, on the BLT website. So if anyone's interested in that, he's finding crop circles and can predict them all the time in Holland. Um, he can draw them and then they'll show up sort of thing. Oh, that's fascinating. It is fascinating. Uh, and then there's that theory that are we making them ourselves? Is it, is it our future self that's doing it? You know, I mean, you know, we don't really know. That's oh, truth. like as a message? Who knows? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. There's a lot we don't know. I mean, there are things we do know, the tangible things, the things that you find, you know, in the scientific realm. Um, you know, you can see the effects of, of the energy that's come in. But, you know, you don't always know where it came from unless someone has seen it happen. And there are people that have seen them, them form. So. Um, I wonder well, how they would form, though. Would they form after if it was craft? Uh, related I wonder if it would form after or during or maybe you can't even see the craft because it's cloaked right yeah There's... yeah that's possible I know craft have or have been in clouds and um the beams have come down or the light balls have come down and people have seen them um so you you're assuming then of course there's a craft there because there's a beam coming down from it right so, but where there's smoke there's usually fire so <laughs> You know, um, anyway, uh, but that energy that comes down, and we can tell this from the plants, is that uh, because of the, the amount of heat that's required to make the plant changes, and the heat has to be instantaneous, basically, um, to make these... It doesn't kill, does it kill the... It doesn't kill the plant. The plants are sort of steamed, I'm going to say, because you can often smell that steamy smell, like if you steam vegetables, you can smell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like, and that's why there's so much flow because they're just, they just sort of fold over with the heat. And then the water inside the stems gets so superheated that it explodes out the nodes and, and those are called expulsion cavities. And I've got a lot of examples of those that, that we can put in later. Um, yeah, so this happens in all kinds of crop. Um, 
Well, here it's mostly in like 12 foot cattle corn. So everything's exactly the same as it would be in a teeny tiny circle in, in grass in somebody's house. Because that's happened. It's actually happened in my own yard. I've had them in my own yard for almost 20 years. Um, so this, you see the same changes in the plants in those teeny tiny stalks of grass as you would see in, in 12 foot cattle corn. And the stalks are really thick. You know, they're an inch and more, or more thick. Wow. So that force has got to be strong to bend that. A lot of force goes into those, way more force than goes into other crop circles, like in cereal type wheat and rye and those kinds of things. Um, but the plant changes are pretty much the same. The only thing that we found in the corn was that because of the force of the energy and the uh, amount that it needed to be heated to make the cob or the cobs, the stalks go down, um, it ended up crystallizing the inside of the stalk so that when we were, that was me and Joe who were doing this, when we uh, took the cobs or the cobs, the stalks out of the field for, you know, sampling purposes, they, they were actually crumbling in our hands, breaking into pieces because they were all crystallized inside. Whoa. Yeah. What caused like, that's not just from the heat, is it? Pretty much in the intensity of the heat, because I looked at it under a microscope and it's all like caramelized. The sugar inside is all caramelized, like it's it's turning brown. Yeah. From the heat, because so much has to go into it. And what also happens is you've got this, this stalk of corn and it's got cobs, which are often mature. Now, if that's another story. I don't know where to go with this because I've got just so much information. So much. <laughs> Anyway, there's these big fat cobs. I'm just thinking of one in particular. And they're really ready to be, you know, harvested. It's in September. And these went down with so much force that what happens is, is it, because of the cobs, the energy is spinning. So it spins the stalk with the cobs and then the, the whole thing goes down. And, and uh, so you've got this twisted uh, stalk. A, a corn stalk is extremely hard to twist. So you, you can't do that with your hands. You can't really break them with your hands either. You might bend them, but you can't. A corn stalk's in, incredibly stubborn. I can imagine. Yeah. Probably like especially, bamboo. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's a very good, good uh, comparison, especially when they're so big here, like they're 12 feet tall. So um, very, very sturdy. That's, yeah, that's, I can just only imagine like what is causing that. I wonder if like, um, have you guys ever deduced what the intention would be behind these circles? Um, oh gosh, it's, I think it totally varies. And I can give you some examples of that. But at first I think speaking to what's doing it and the energy, I think maybe is a good thing to say at this point that the energy, um, when these, these balls come down, they're like plasma balls. You know, plasma is like a lightning sort of energy. It's got electrical energy, microwave energy, and electromagnetic energy and a swirling component, you know, where it's, it's, it's swirling as it goes through. Um, so those are the energies in these ones that I was, you know, 
this one particularly that I'm talking about uh, that made these cobs go down so in this way because they're moving forward and they're spinning at the same time or they're moving in a circle and they're spinning in the same at the same time so the ones going straight make the make the rows and the ones going around make the circles the curves so, right yeah and you can have a combination of both of those obviously in one um formation so and i wonder too like if to make those formation does the craft have to be directly above it or they can be far away and still make it i guess we, we would know. never know because no yeah. no um but there's a video out there i don't think it's real but it, it shows the way light balls could move through a field and do it. And I think it's probably pretty close to what happens. Oh, it's um, kind of like a reenactment. Well, yeah, I think it's a reenactment. I think it's something somebody created, but um, it, that's the other thing is you just never know. And the it's atmosphere. In, oh, for on. sure. That's <laughs> yeah. That, just discernment guys. Discernment. <laughs> yes, for sure. Oh yes. <laughs> Have you guys tested the air quality? No, if there's any difference like I, I do there's... know, though, that that when people go in, they especially if it's brand new, like if it's just happened, they they hear a crackling, like an electrical crackling. Oh, and okay. they feel tingling in their in their limbs. So oh, geez. that's definitely happened to quite a few people. Yeah. So like getting zapped in some way or form. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully getting an upgrade. Hopefully. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think that energy actually uh, hangs around for quite a while because I know there's certain times, especially in the in the cattle corn where the, the rows can be very narrow and you're in there for a while, it gets pretty intense. And okay. I know we, we'd end up laughing uncontrollably and we knew, okay, it's time to, to get out. <laughs> oh my God. You... Yeah. And again, it depends on how, how soon you were in there um, after it had been actually formed. Right, right. So how about frequency? How often were you guys seeing this when you were a part of that? Uh, how often do we see crop circles form? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to say, first of all, there, there, there's more than one kind. So there, there are also uh, some that are made by nature. Um, there are random formations, meaning they don't have a geometric pattern. So we see a lot of that. And those happen all the time in nature. Uh, and they'll still have um, expulsion cavities in in the grass or whatever. So um, there's these random formations that happen. I'm sorry, I've forgotten your question. Uh, the frequency. Frequency. Okay, so those are happening all the time. I see them all the time still. Um, the frequency. Well, that those this started. For us in 2002, and uh, we get a few every summer, uh, right till about 2004 or five, and they would be here in Saskatchewan. There were lots during this time. There were lots in Ontario, but after that, probably I'm just going to say 2008, it really sort of tapered off, and I still see random formations in cattle corn and some of them are huge with all the plant changes but not the geometric ones so much anymore oh um, yeah 
What's, uh, I wonder what's the difference, like geometry, geometry, <laughs> the uh, circular versus the non-irregular ones. Um, I don't know. I, I do know that I, because I, I know I just, I had a connection with this because like I said, they're, they're in my backyard a lot. Oh yeah. We're going to, we're going to get to that because okay. that is so fascinating. <laughs> And I feel like there's definitely communication happening there between me and a species. For sure. Well, possibly more than one. And I'm pretty sure I know what species that is. Um, but anyway, the, like I said, Bev, there's so many ways I can go into this I, that I'm trying to hold <laughs> to what your question is. Oh, um, no, don't, don't go by, don't go by, uh, by my questions. Because if, if you're urging to say something, it's meant to come out. <laughs> okay. Well, um, there's a lot of times you get a feeling when you're in a circle of, of the makers. Okay. You, know, you can feel whether the intention was good or not. And I don't know if that's just because I'm an intuitive naturally. Um, I, I don't know what other people would say if you ask them. Um, but I could feel it, the intention and actually got messages in a couple of them. And this is before I even knew I had any abilities at all. Um, you know, I think when you have, have some sort of intuitive tendencies, stuff happens to you and you just consider it to be normal because it's normal right. for you and you haven't really talked to anybody else who is yes. not normal for. Right. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, I've been in circles where... I've sat down and actually meditated and asked a question and gotten an answer. Um, there was one that I sat down and, and meditated in and I said, what is the purpose of this circle? And, and um, the answer was knowledge. And it was coming in in a very weird way. It was, it was a very choppy communication. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And um which made me feel like it was more of a technological sort of uh, something answering me. You know what I mean? Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. And then uh, I said, for who? Who's the information for? Who's the knowledge for? And he says, both. So both the observer and the observed or the person who put the or manifester of the circle and the people that were in it. Right. Okay. And that scared the pants off of me. And I ran out of that one like, a, <laughs> I was like that's, I'm not doing that again anytime soon. But I did do it again later in a circle that felt different. And it felt more um, open is a better word. And uh, I can't remember what, what was said in that one, but it was more of a, it was almost like a lesson in that one. So, and then we also had a feeling that there was a ship over top of that one. But as far as weird things go, like a lot of weird things would happen. Um, we'd get, I had, it was back when I didn't have a digital camera. I just had a, a normal camera. And uh, I would get these weird green lights on the, on the pictures, like a beam. And this happened in different circles not just the same one to the point where I went to get my camera checked to make sure there was no leaking in the back of light. And it mm -hmm. was fine. Um, 
But I remember going to one particular one and my son wanted to come and he brought a friend and he was probably around 12 at that time. And they just sort of went off down, again, it was in 12 at Cattlecorn. They went off down the tra tractor path. We have a lot of tractor paths here they don't have in, in England. Um, oh, okay. In, in the more like wheat, rye type crops, they have tractor paths in the corn. Um, so probably so they can get in and, and lay down irrigation and do different things, you know, fertilize, that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, they went off down the, the pathway and we were working away in the circle, sampling things and taking pictures. And they came back about half an hour later and, and I said to them, you know, well, you guys were gone a long time. And he goes, oh, we're only gone like five minutes. So it's like, okay, what happened to you in the last an hour? Yeah. Okay. And then the geese would fly over and they would come and then they would separate around the circle and then they would come back together on the other side. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. Different things like that would happen. Um. Yeah, so back to that whole random versus geometrical shape. I think the intention is different. And I said to them, whoever was making them at the time, if, you, if there's a circle that's just for us, please don't make it a geometry. Make it just a random formation because we'll know it's you and it's not going to draw a lot of attention. Right. Because... You know, farmers don't want people tra tramping around in their fields. It's their livelihood. Yeah, exactly. And they tend to, especially if they're excited, crash around and break, you know, things. And then they can't be harvested with the machine. So whatever's down is pretty much lost mm -hmm. um, for them. So I know in, in places like Holland and <clears throat> I think Britain, sometimes they put up, uh, what do they call them? honesty boxes so people put money in the box when they go in to help pay for the crop that was right. down yeah that's a but good that's a good idea no one here really knew there were circles it just wasn't because with cattle corn it's 12 feet high you can't just drive around and see it yeah it you won't be able to see the formation unless you're above it exactly so they're discovered usually by people in planes or people that are skydiving um the ones in corn are usually discovered that way. So uh, you get reports from different people that have been flying over and have seen them. And that's where the photographs come from. Uh, so you're not going to just happen upon a crop circle unless you're a farmer. That happens too. Farmers have happened along them in their travels through their fields. Um, but mostly that it's from above. Okay. Oh, thank God for drones now. Well, yeah, that, that just changes everything. That was starting to happen towards the end where people had drones. Um, so that, really what about the, the feelings that you you mentioned, the difference between, um, whew, I don't even want to put a label on those feelings, but the the difference that you felt, were they more, is it the difference between like a malevolent versus benevolent, benevolent or? You can say that. Um, there was one, it hit me right as we drove up to it. The entire field was down in one direction. The entire cornfield was down and it felt terrible. 
it it felt totally like we're just gonna and it and the funny thing is nothing around it is down so if a wind was strong it's going to blow through this field knock it down keep going and blow somebody else's field down right yeah but it was just this square of this one person's field you know i don't know how one one mile around or whatever um completely flattened jeez yeah and that did not feel good at all it was like an intentional squash you know um not that there was no message there was no reason for it it wasn't like yeah i feel like some of them are are trying to educate us like there's this one in this in britain it was a while ago it's called crooked solely there's a book on it it's called crooked solely a crop circle revelation i have it here you can see it well it's probably backwards oh there it is yeah yeah and these two people uh ellen brown and john mitchell and i don't know if you can see that's the actual picture of the crop circle in the back here of course i have a background on there you can see it oh that's a that's a pretty one yeah and they go through the geometry and what it would take to actually do make this crop circle um and the mathematics behind it it's a thin book but it's if you like geometry and math it's a great book to to look at that's probably one of the most studied crop circles for that sort of thing but we have had one here that's probably the most i can't say the most because i don't know but not many people were doing this crop circle science most of them were you know just wanting a spiritual experience or mm-hmm. an esoteric experience um but I, we have one that we did here that could be the most studied from a scientific point of view. Uh, out in, out plant in BC? Yeah. Um, we studied that thing for more than a year. Doing plant sampling. We did plant sampling, soil sampling. So what happened is this is, this is one, the one with all the energy that twirled the big stalks of corn. Um. And it was uh, it was like a it was shaped almost like a fire wire symbol. It came down like this, and then went like this, and then it had a prong in the middle, so it had three prongs. It came up like this, and it had a semicircle at the top, and then two circles on the side like that. Um, and this thing was huge. Uh, we did a lot of research on that. So we did a lot of initial research. This is the one with the crystallized stalks. And and you would see okay. often places where the nodes were like sliced and like right through the node. Well, the node is the thickest and toughest part of the plant. So what I feel like it, it wasn't cut. It was more crystallized and then broke right in half because it's so um, fragile at that point. And we have lots of pictures of those too. We call them cuts. Um, and then we call them pop stocks when we realized that they were, this was happening. They were just breaking our hands like that. So, jeez. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this particular circle, uh, we went in and did all that kind of um, measuring and that sort of thing. And we do, after the, it's harvested, we did a magnetic particle drag. So you're dragging with a magnet for 
spherical part particles of metals that have um, microscopic that have been what happens when this energy comes swirling in it picks up the soil like the dust swirls it around heats it up just like the plants and drops it back down what that does is create a complete sphere a perfect sphere in these uh you know metals in the soil and so um they used to do this to make shot in one of the world wars they would drop lead from the roof of a building and drop it into water at the bottom and it would form this sphere shape before it hit the water so um it's doing basically the same thing with the molten particles so we would drag to to, to see if there were molten particles in there or they had been made into these spheres. So we'd do that, we'd measure it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we came back in the spring and we drove past it and you could see where the formation had been. And this is how you know energy's gone in there because <laughs> the crop is growing. And what they do often when they plant corn is they will overplant with something like winter rye mm -hmm. or winter wheat so that when the corn falls or gets harvested, the winter we when it get the light hits it will start to grow um so we're seeing this new crop coming up and outside of the formation i'm pretty sure <clears throat> you know i'm estimating this because it's been a while the uh control area which is anything but the formation the grass the gra grass is wheat i guess it's wheat grass isn't it or rye grass i think it was was only about four inches high and everywhere else it was about 11 inches inside the formation so you could basically see what's called the ghost formation um an exact replica of this one that came down in corn is now as opposed to being you know taken out of the the crop is now coming up in this wheat and you can see the entire formation again but it's in wheat that's taller than everything around it so wow so it's like being moved well that what has happened is the seeds have gotten zapped with this energy the rye seeds that were in the ground um so it it when what happens when that with this energy hits seeds if they're at the right uh stage of their development it will um, it's like make antioxidants in it so that, that when you plant them, again, you get higher yield, you get more cobs or more more um, seeds from the plants. They're taller, they need less water, less fertilizer. So um, they'd found this out in, in laboratory experiments with seeds before, but I don't think it had ever been done in corn. So we did this from this circle. We took these we took the cobs, we regrow those. We did a whole regrowth experiment battery on the kernels from the cobs. And then we again took some plants from the inside of this and the outside in the rye and grew those to be, to, to mat not quite to maturity, they didn't produce seed heads, but um, until they got very, very tall, like three feet tall. And um, the growth, in the zapped plants, both in the corn and in the rye, was exponentially higher um, than in the control plants. 
Wow. I was just going to, uh, okay, go, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, so when we realized this, we went back in there and harvested a bunch of cobs. The, co well, the ones that had gone down were still there because again, they can't pick them up with the machines when they want to harvest. So uh, we picked up a bunch of cobs. I chucked them in my backpack. I took, I took some in the house and the rest were in my backpack in the car. And I can't remember why. Um, I can't remember why I was a busy mom with two kids driving around and doing things, you know, <laughs> anyway, so they're in the back of, of the car and I took these others in and one, uh, kind of dried them out and then started to see what would happen. And I started taking, I didn't use all the cobs, but I used some and took the seeds off the controls and took, got some control cobs and seeds. And we did this whole experiment with the, with the seeds, but in the meantime, and again, that showed the same thing. That showed the controls were not growing nearly as as strongly with Jeez. less water. I mean, this would be a real boon to third world countries, right? To have this technology to just be able to use yeah. to adapt their seeds. Well, that's a whole other story we'll get to. But in the meantime, I had these cobs in the car that I just left. And, and I don't know, about a month later, I, I get this thing out of the car and I open up the bag and these cobs are growing in without the dark, soil without water there are I have pictures of this, of this for you too wow so then I started to germinate the entire cobs from the outside from the inside without being in the backpack and then the ones from the backpack well it turned out what had happened the ones that were in the backpack grew even more than the ones um that were from the backpack that had been taken out and from the controls. So the ones that were in the backpack and had been completely in the dark for a certain amount of time, well, a month, I guess. Uh, wow. The, the growth Jeez. difference in that was like unbelievable. So we had a, just so that, that people know that this was done in a scientific way, we had a crop spec specialist. His name is Mr. Mervyn Herb, fairly super nice guy back East. Uh, inter Ontario, um, you know, giving us protocols, when to fertilize, that sort of thing, so we could reproduce what happened in the field. <clears throat> Through this, it's very well documented, measured and stuff every so often, um, watered all the same way. Uh, anyway, so it was incredible, the findings that came out of that. Um, but then what do you do with all that information? So what happened in the meantime is the scientist from BLC research, Dr. Uh, William Levengood, had reproduced these same results in a lab that we were finding here, not with corn, though other, other <clears throat> plants. And he uh, had, um, and John Burke, and I can't remember what his role was, in BLT, so he was the B in BLT, and uh, Nancy was the T, Talbot. Um, they had back-engineered this energy to make a machine that would actually do that, to zap seeds. And they were very successful, and they actually marketed this machine and sold it to different companies who used it to zap their seeds instead of... Um, 
you know, buying chemically treated seeds, they would put it so it's basically a very simple machine. It had a, a box with a conveyor belt that goes through and the seeds would come in and they would dial it up or down depending on the seeds. And they, they have ratios for all of this, how long it's going to be zapped, how strongly the zap's going to be for all kinds of different seeds, onions, carrots, tomatoes. I mean, it just, and this is all documented. Um, no, it, it's not like uh, considered unhealthy. Um, no, it's just electrical. It. It's those, it's those same energies. This is basically just an electrical pulse. It's a gotcha. very, very simple machine. A lot of people could make it. Um, so they patented this machine and uh, they had university trials done with it, showing all the results. Um, anyway, this patent has expired. So anyone now can go and, and you can Google it, US patents. I can even give you the number if you want it. <laughs> It's patent number 5,740,627. Go in there and it'll show you exactly how to make the machine. And uh, the thing about how to treat the seeds was all on their website. So um, I have some of that information still. But um, anyway, there's this machine up for grabs for anyone who wants to take it and zap their seeds. And I've tried to give this to people, but it seems like a lot of work. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. like, um, also you're dealing with big uh, chemical companies that want to, not to mention any names. um, Exactly, yeah. That want to run the industry and you're up against that too, because they're not gonna let that happen. Mm -hmm. However, you take that to a third world country where that, maybe isn't quite so prevalent and you could help people, you know, grow their crops with less water, um, less fertilizer or none even, you know, and see how, how this, this actually works. So that's a side thing that has happened through the crop circle research and crop circle into crop circle energy. Right. (laughs) Got to be on the down low though. Well, yeah, it's on a case by case basis. This was what I thought at some point, you know, someone would take this to farmers and just say, here it is. Mm-hmm. You know, give it a try. Do do like an experiment. Do get a patch and, and experiment with it, you know, with this machine. Because apparently this is a long time ago. It would have only cost $3,000 to make this machine. Um, probably more now, but the components aren't expensive. Yeah. So, you'd need a space to do it in and a space to store the seed because the seed and this this is what I'm thinking about what happened with the crop circle corn in the backpack is that it was stored in the dark you know for a certain amount of time uh but you have to store the seed and let the effect ripen you know the yeah you have to let the effect ripen uh the antioxidant properties to develop, develop within the seed so you need space for that, to have the conveyor belt, to store the seed. Um, and that may throw people off because farmers are busy, you know. For there's sure. When there's not so much going on. That's the thing. That would be ideal in winter when our environment is not sunny. Yeah. And the weather is too cold. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. 
So that's there for anybody who hears this that wants to get involved in that. You have Absolutely. the patent number and off you can go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just uh, just be mindful of Big Brother. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That, so let's go to uh, the formations in your yard. That's another whole different experience. Uh, when, when you first told me that, I'm like, what? You're getting like, these are, oh. these are your special communications. This actually blew, blew my mind. Um, I don't know if it was the first year, because like I said, it's been a long time. And the second year, I think it, was, it wasn't the, the one where we um, found the faked one. That was the first one. It was the following year. And they seem to come here anyway between June. Well, you get the odd one in May. June and, and September, I'm going to say. And you get the odd thing happening around that. So this was in June. And we had just taken our daughter to her dance recital. And it was beautiful out. It was about nine o'clock. So before that, before we left, I'd watered everything so I had a good chance to look at what it was like before we left. When we got back, it was beautiful outside. It's nine o'clock. It was still light. And all the kids are in the backyard playing. We were fenced in with the neighbors, so the neighbor kids are there too. And uh, I go up to the corner, and I'm just looking. You know, I just like to look at the plants. So I go, I go around, and all of a sudden, I see this circle in the corner, and it's about three feet wide and it's in just we have this corner full of wild grass we didn't know what to do with at the time and I ended up leaving that patch just so that we could get formations there uh, we never did anything with it it's still there so the formation uh, no the, the whole thing where the grass the wild grass grows oh okay it's, it's called couch grass anyway so I go up there and there's this three-foot circle and it's beautifully just steamed over and it's like I grab a few pieces and I run in the house and get my microscope and sure enough there's expulsion cavities in it and I'm sitting there mm. stunned in the kitchen and my husband comes in and he goes I didn't tell anyone it was there he goes considering what you're studying you might want to come up and have a look at what's going on in the back corner of the yard oh man was it was it um did it have like an intricate design to it no it was just a little circle and it was all like just over from the middle. It wasn't really swirled. It was out from the middle like this oh, sort of okay. over and then just steamed out like that. Um, so it was great confirmation for me because he was real skeptic, mm -hmm. particular, not anymore, but I picked at that time, a hundred percent. So it shocked me that he would actually notice Consider it. Consider that. Yeah. And then say to me, you know, I saw this thing. <laughs> so um, anyway, we didn't talk too much about it after that. But they just kept happening and they would happen and they still do in all kinds of different plants. We had very close to where that was, this sort of a semicircle of, of bricks. And there were trees in the middle of that. And around those were wild ferns and they were big ones here, probably four feet high, maybe, maybe five, some of them, big ferns around this tree. And um, I look out the window, I get up in the morning, I look at the window and they're all down. 
like, what? So I walk up there and this happened overnight. So I go up because I'm looking at my kitchen window all the time. And I go up there and I can still smell. There's a particular weed that grows here that's part of the nightshade family. When you pick it, it, it has a very pungent smell, unlike anything else, other weed that you'll ever pull. Well, these weeds were interspersed underneath the ferns and they were all down too. And wow, talk about steamed vegetables. That whole <laughs> smell was just taken over the whole atmosphere. And uh, the ferns, again, were just bent over gently from the bottom. You know, they weren't broken. So there was that. They've been in, in like spider wart. And that one happens just about every year. Um, I had one angel trumpet. So I don't know if you know what an angel trumpet is. A big hanging. This one had yellow flowers. And I was growing a new one. And I gotten up and walked past it again. It just seemed, happens that I seem to see these things before. And, and it was fine. It was about three. We were restarting. It was about three feet tall. It didn't have any flowers. And I'd gone away somewhere. And I'd come back. And it was, it was completely bent over sideways. And it, it was thick, too. It was about like this. And you could kind of see where that stem had been stretched. And it was really shiny where that, uh, it was bent over. But it was completely 90 degree angle bent, just that one thing in a pot. Jeez. So, and then I had from the neighbor's house, 37 tiny little circles going around my deck, over to the neighbors and around to where the stairs are as far as they could go. And that's happened more than once too. Not 37, but varying numbers of them. Excuse me, same thing, same plant changes, all that stuff. So I just got used to it, you know. Oh my gosh, your, your neighbors are probably like, what are they doing to their grass? Well, and the funny <laughs> thing is, I know, and my husband's going, well, I don't see this happening anywhere else. He goes, I don't see this happening across the street. I don't see this, like, because they have grass, like, tall grass across the street. I don't see this happening anywhere else. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> so what's your, what's your, um, what would be your explanation and feeling with why this is happening in your yard? Because we were paying attention to it, to what was happening in the fields. Excuse me. I'm going to get a cough drop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We were seeing, because we were paying attention, I'm sure that was the only reason. They wanted um, to give more messages to you. Yeah. It's like, we know that you know. The funny thing about this period of time is that also I had weird experiences happening to me. Um, like, <clears throat> this is all very weird. And it was all very weird to me. Like, this wasn't normal. Um, I would get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and there'd be a geometry projected out in front of me, like it was coming from my forehead. Um, like I'm talking full on circular geometry with patterns inside. Was it like a holographic? Um... <clears throat> it was neon green. Just like if you saw like a light stick, you know, those light sticks that you break and it's okay. Yep. Like that. Um, and it would go 
it would follow me like this. Like if I was walking, it would be in front of me. If I turned, it would turn. It was just like it was projected right out. I can just remember having this feeling like it's coming from here. Right. And this happened, oh, several times. I remember one time my daughter used to wake up at night and she'd want me to go sleep with her. So I'd go and get into her bed and I'd be seeing this thing. And I'd, I'd see it with my eyes closed and I'd see it with my eyes open. Um, when I walked to her bedroom, when I got into bed, and then when I got up again to leave, there it was. So that happened. Yeah, stuff like that started happening. Um, weird things started happening. Um, my children were starting to have sort of psychic experiences. Um, none of it was bad. You know, often when you think of these things, oh, you know, it, uh, there's a, so much lore out there about bad things happening. Not that those don't happen. Um, but none of this was bad. <clears throat> Although what did end up happening is they ended up sleeping in a room all the time because <laughs> they didn't get used. They haven't gotten used to it yet. <laughs> well, yeah, there's one sleeping at the foot and one sleeping on the side. And we just made beds for them and said, okay, you're not comfortable. Come in here and sleep. So we could all get some sleep. Nobody was sleeping. You know, we were all yeah. awake all the time. So those sorts of things were happening at the same time. I also had uh military helicopters flying over my house um, more than once. It was a very odd period of time. Oh, what wow. I wonder what they were looking for. Jeez. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. And it was just odd because it could have been, it could have been completely unrelated, but they were very low over the house, like about a hundred feet over the roof of our house. So they maybe they are maybe they, it could be they could be seeing like crafts that you haven't that you weren't aware of at that time. Um, they could. I mean, who knows? I really have no. I you know don't want to say I have answers because I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you must have been like, what is going on? Well, it got pretty normal after a while. We just we, we just kind of report to each other what's been going on, <laughs> carry on with life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just you just don't know what's going on in your neighbors' houses. I guess is say. Yeah, exactly. Or that. Wow. So before we wrap up, I don't want to keep your voice uh, struggling here. It's okay. It's getting better. <laughs> but that's fine. We've been here for a while. <laughs> what what um I guess for people who the curious minds out there that may want to experience crop circles or possibly even having it in their own yard, I don't know if you can intend that those kind of messages to come. You know, I don't know what to say about that. I just feel like there was a <clears throat> I think to anything that you want you to experience, and I feel like this is the same with the interdimensional type B. Uh, elementals and things. It, there, an intention needs to be there uh, to develop a relationship, you know. And right, always, exactly. I was always open to that, and it, it's it's like, and I was never afraid of what was going on. Um, I feel that that lack of fear is important too, because uh, energetically, that's not 
that's not a way you want to approach anything if, if you want a positive result, period. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know what to I don't really know what to say about that. Yeah, I think I it's a, as long as the intention is authentic and comes from the heart, I think you are pretty much good to go with opening up some type of experience versus your egoic self asking for footage to show yeah. on TikTok. And uh... well, yeah, of course, none of those things <laughs> existed back then. It was very it's much more pristine environment to have those those things show up in, um, especially for evidence sake, because you couldn't fake things like you can now and you couldn't um you know it's it wasn't all over the place it was in a certain places that you could go to define it right exactly. not 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 just there like it is now so uh yeah and i do believe there are messages in some of it you know um especially like this regrowth thing and and uh i know there's another fellow who used to be part of a crop circle research network where they back engineered how to build a ship so you know how to build a ufo basically mm -hmm. oh so yeah said, i think that's becoming more common now from probably. what i've read <laughs> well the re back engineering ships yeah i mean that's for sure they've been doing that the u.s government's been doing that for a long time mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> but they, the thing is they actually have a craft to back engineer it from this is like a crop circle. They've taken the information from the crop circle and it has formulated this blueprint. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I think there's a lot of information to be had if people are willing to decode it and have the ability to do those things, depending on what their interest is, you know? Um, That's the thing, decoding, the, the, that process is a whole nother thing that <laughs> I couldn't even fathom. Exactly. So that 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 sort of like this crooked slowly thing is that's not something I would be able to do or be interested in, <laughs> you know. Um, but I love the whole plant thing. So that's what, what was speaking to me. I wonder if what would have, like you ate the corn that was affected mm -hmm. if it would influence your body. No, that's a very good experiment for someone to to undertake. <laughs> I know they've done research like this with water. They put water into crop circles in little vials uh, to see what, what has happened. I don't know the results of that, but I've heard about it to see what would happen with the water and ingesting the water. But like I said, I don't really know that much about it. You could probably look it up. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thank you so much for all your insight. I know it's probably just like a, a small dent to your world of of this stuff but i just wanted to let people understand that you know what there's a lot more going on yeah. in this world so thank you so much if you want to know more about um laurel's work do go to lightbody academy 